So please tell me you know what that is. I'm going to give you a second. Do you know what theme song that is? Um, do, 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 do. Okay, enough time. So you haven't never had one of those nights where you were just scrolling through the television and you were trying to find something to watch and you come across the channel and you start hearing... I know that you guys had to watch Seinfeld at least once or twice. Like, that show is freaking funny. But enough of that. It is time for Moments with Mika. So before I get into the show, let me tell y'all about what happened yesterday. So I'm a really determined person. So when I say I'm going to do something, oh, I am going to definitely put everything together to do that. So I usually like to record my shows on Saturdays because I like to release the show by midnight on Sundays because we have a lot of listeners that's outside of the States. So they're in different time zones. They're in different countries. So I try to make sure that they can listen to the show as soon as it's released on Sundays because Sundays are usually everyone's chill day for the most part. You know, after you do what you do, a lot of people just kick back and relax on Sundays. Well... We did not get to record yesterday because it was a snowstorm here in Michigan. Well, in a lot of states, we got a lot of snow. It's really cold. Like today, it's like 8 degrees outside right now. It's going to be going below 1, I think, tonight. But I was determined yesterday, y'all. Like, I was determined to record my show because I was thinking to myself, if I can drive in this type of weather to get to work, I can drive in this type of weather to record my show. And you know what Detroit is, we say all the time, like, that's just a little bit of snow. We're used to it. So we drive in it. We don't care. We're used to snow. We get it all the time at the same time every year, right? So I put on my snow gear and everything yesterday, right? And I got in my car, getting ready to record my show. You know, I'm having a good old time. I'm in a good mood. I'm motivated. So I got my music blasting, right? So I started driving. You know, I had to play this music because this is how I was feeling on the inside. Like, I was driving my car. I didn't make it 10 minutes. I'm driving. I'm going. Got the music playing. Eating me some breakfast while I drive. Next thing you know, I hit a wall. Totally did a donut and hit a wall. Didn't hit it bad. You know, I was able to get myself out of it. Somebody helped me. And then I turned around and went back home. Did I make it to record on Saturday? No, I did not. But, (laughs) but I did try. I tried everything. Like, I was so upset that I could not, you know, record my show like I always do on Saturdays. But it's a balance with everything. You got to make sure, although you want to do what you want to do, you got to make sure that you first protect yourself, think smart, you know. And that's not what I was doing yesterday. I was just, I was in it to win it yesterday. I was like, you know what? No, I'm doing this. No matter what the weather say, all this kind of stuff. And I didn't think about the fact like, yo, you could get in a real bad accident. And what is moments with Mika without Amika? You feel me? So (laughs) I wanted to share that because it was so funny how determined I was. I was so determined. I'm like, I'm about to get out here, do this recording. I'm about to show Mother Nature that. She don't, she don't control nothing over here. I got this. Nope. Nope. Did not make it. <laughs> but now it's time for the show for real. All right. So let's get into this topic today. All right. So the topic that we have today 
is about rape. And not just rape, but rape in the workplace, rape in schools and churches. It's just a big conversation about everything that a lot of people don't like to talk about. Absolutely. And looking at the statistics, like, it is a serious thing. And, I mean, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed in a more controlled environment before people are finding out about it the wrong way. Right. So when you look at the statistics of everything, every two minutes, somewhere in America, someone is being sexually assaulted. Now that is crazy. So that means before, as we begin the show, and as we left the, the intro, and as I told my story, at least two people were raped that's in America. 15 by the end of this episode. Yep. And that's 15 too much. Absolutely. And the point of it all is where can we actually be safe to talk about these things where is it safe where can we go that we'll feel like someone else won't attack us well like the conversation we were just having um with uh my man's in there uh the best place for this to actually be started or addressed is at home um like far less people are being educated on the dangers of rape in the household before they even walk out into the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, you hear, when you do hear it, it's something negative. Oh, you're wearing that, you must be wanting somebody to, no, like, address the, the entire situation. Address uh, what to do in that situation. Address uh, how to be able to talk to anybody about that situation. Mm-hmm. So that you don't feel that it's all on you. like. People are made to look like the victim before they even the victim of rape. Right. Right. And if someone is in your family doing something to you, it's, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house. And it shouldn't be that way. But it's like we were raised that way. Um, and we were taught that by right. our parents and them by their parents. Right. And it has to stop. Like one out of five women, one out of 71 men will be raped at some point in their lives. And that's statistically speaking, that's That's not saying it. Yeah, that's very rough. rough. So that means that, let's say you have a family, you have five sisters. It's saying that one of your five sisters, maybe even you, could be a victim of rape. And it says that most people are more likely to get raped by someone they already know rather than an actual stranger. Right. And I look at that and I've actually, you know, did a lot of reading about that to see, you know, why that is. And that's because these people, they they learn your movements. They learn your household. They learn, like, even looking at that, that R. Kelly document, that mm-hmm. documentary, mm-hmm. it was, you know, he selected the people based off of if they were going to be more prone not to give problems. So if you have a strong family unit and, you know your family know you don't lie, you telling would be believed. So why would I mess with you? Mm-hmm. But if everybody looks at this other person as the black sheep, the liar, the person who's not going to be truthful about anything, you know, that looks like more of a target for the for whatever you want to do. Because, like, no one's going to believe you anyway. Right, right. And it's, it's sad to actually hear that because, you know what, it's getting more common and I hate to put the church into this, but it's getting very common and hidden by churches. And, and this is the thing. It's like 
it's not getting more common. It's, it's because of social media. It is getting talked about a lot more. Right. But it's like for you think about for everything that social media brings to light now, mm-hmm. how much more was it happening when no one else would talk about it? It's true. Because like they said, statistically, 6% of people victimized in churches or by a member of the church, like someone in the church knew. Mm-hmm. Someone else other than the person who was being victimized and the person who was doing it, someone else knew. Right. So like with that being the case, it's, it's like not only does victims not speak out but there's also people in the church who see this happen and they don't want to say that hey I encourage this this behavior but you do because you do nothing about it you're encouraging the behavior actually I'm glad that you said that because I looked up some more statistics about you know churches Mm -hmm. and the sexual assaults that goes on and there's a Bayard University. They did a study on the clergy sexual misconduct and found out that 3% of women, church women, have surveyed and they've said that they've been subjected to inappropriate sexual advances or actions from the clergy at some point in their lives. Right. But an additional 8% of women said that they knew about the instances of the clergy sexually misconducting themselves okay. that was happening at the church that they were attending. So you're right. Like it's right. a lot more people that actually sees it, but they don't say anything. Absolutely, and that 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 actually fuels the whole the whole rape mentality. Because like, if you know someone can catch you and they're not gonna say anything about it, or someone can know about it and they're not gonna say anything about it, like those type of people like start to act like they're invincible. Right. And right. like. Like, again, even looking at the whole little R. Kelly thing, Mm -hmm. because of stipulations is the reason he's still free. Mm -hmm. Stipulations to the law. No, we seen that you had it, but the way we got it was illegal, so we had to throw it out. This, that, that kind of stuff helps to prove that you could turn a blind eye to something if it meets your need or it doesn't fit the exact parameters of how you found out. And that, that should not be acceptable. If you do wrong, then you need to be held accountable for it. You really should. But what about... And then going to the church. Right. That's your safe place. It should be your safe place. It should be. But I've seen with social media, you know, bringing that up again, I've seen a lot of cases where it hasn't been. Remember, right. I, so I sent you a video, right? It was a video on Facebook, and a young lady was going live to tell a story about what has been happening in her family. Right. And... It so happened that it was a pastor that was in New York. Um, his name was, was Matthew where? New York. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Matthew Gibson, and he's the son of a bishop at Progressive Baptist Church of Brownsville. He was charged of sexually assaulting and raping his 14-year-old daughter, and it was said that the fa- his father was raping him. But this is all going on in a church. But this was going on for years. But didn't they say it was also somebody else in the church found to be doing the same thing? Because um, he admitted to his crime. He did. And he's going to jail. Yeah. But she was also calling. The grandfather. The Well, he's a bishop, right? Yeah. He's the, a bishop now. Yeah, that's the grandfather. Um, so they was calling to have him arrested as well. But there's no one who actually stepped out, stepped up to say that this happened to them. And it was him who did it. 
Right. And it's not like it's denominational related. Like, this is happening in the Mormon church. This is happening in Catholic church, Baptist, mm-hmm. Pentecostal. It does not matter what religion it is. It's not just one. Right. It's like it's happening a lot. And did you know that the Catholics have seven rules that they abide by before they even get the authorities involved in any of the um, sexual misconducts or anything right. that happened in their churches? That's Absolutely. why over a thousand people... A thousand, um, they didn't say like they didn't give an average of who it was, but over a thousand misconducts were under wraps because you know they oh, did yeah, not tell them. Yeah, you can go somewhere else, you can go to another church, or we can move the pastor somewhere else so right. that you feel comfortable. But we don't want to put shame to the entire church. And that's the thing if these are the kind of people that you're harboring, um, when it does come out, that's even more of a shame. But with uh, the statuses that churches have and, you know, being faith-based, mm. um, it has a lot of people's support. So these things, even when they come out, the first thing you say about the victims when they come out is, well, what did she do to bring him on? Exactly. It doesn't matter what she did. If you have taken a leadership role as a pastor or as some kind of counselor or even a doctor, if you've come in a position where people confide into you, it doesn't matter how they come, because you tell them to come as they are. Right. It doesn't matter how they come, what they do. You are supposed to have the authority and the wherewithal to know that this is not what you're supposed to do. Right. And right. you're supposed to be able to educate them on how they're coming and not fall victim to some meaningless temptation. Right. But the, you know what? Crazy thing is, not only is the church covering this stuff up, but schools, colleges are big Absolutely. on covering this stuff Absolutely. up. Like they do it a lot, especially if it has anything to do with an athlete at a college. Oh, they're going to cover it up. They're going to cover or it up. Or any good. of the elite societies also. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to cover it. If it's a frat thing, sorority thing, oh, mm-hmm. you're not going to hear about it. It's going to be a campus investigation and that's where it's going to stay. Right. And it's like, when are we going to start talking about this? Like, this is actually important. People are getting hurt, you know, and they're afraid to say anything because no one, you know, it's always looked up, looked as, you know, as they're trying to play a victim. Or it's not railroaded. Yeah. And it shouldn't shouldn't feel that way. Right. They shouldn't feel that way. Like, and it's happening at work also. Like, you know, the whole thing, I forgot the guy name, that was the gymnastic coach right. that was sexually assaulting, you know, the women that he was coaching. Like, it's happening so often that we're forgetting these people. We're forgetting to talk about these things when it's it's very important. Absolutely. And um, with, with this going on now, like, I really feel like there's not really going to be uh, the way it's progressing or the way it's still treated. It's like we're never going to address it in a manner in which it doesn't become taboo unless we start addressing it in the home. Yeah. Unless it starts to become one of the pillars of educating your children of not to do this and, you know, how to be able to speak up for yourself and the meaning and value of honesty. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be swept under the rug. Yeah. Because there's always a basis or there's always a way that people can try to discredit you. And instead of just listening to your story and really addressing what the real problem could be, because if this person did it to one person, if this person did it to their daughter, mm-hmm. they would do it to anybody. Exactly. Exactly. They don't have a shame of who you are, what you are. 
you know. And it's like I've, I've tried to research why would someone do this, and I keep on seeing power, you know, or wanting power or authority over a person, and the reason why they would do it. But it's like there's no good explanation on why a person, like a, a pastor or a teacher, a professor or a coach or a manager, is no good explanation on why these people, like, in places where you're thinking that you're safe, in places where you're supposed to be working, in places that you're supposed to be worshiping, why these people are abusing men and women. Absolutely. You know? And it's like, I don't want to exclude the men, because it's happening to men as well. The number may not be as high, but it's still happening. You know? Right. And it's something that we got to focus on. But the wildest number... And the wildest number that, that really got me was mm-hmm. 99% of rapes are committed by men. Yeah. Yeah. 99%. Now, that means there's a one percentile of women out there that, that does it. But it's how we address our boys now. Because if mm-hmm. 99% of men are the culprits, mm-hmm. you really have to look at how do you educate your boys to be men and not engage in this kind of behavior. Right. It's it's really manhood training. And I looked at this, and I, I said this once before, because when you listen to the radio, like, they have this girls' conference coming up, mm-hmm. and they have, you know, uh, women empowerment conferences, mm-hmm. and they have all of these conferences to address how women can be better women. Mm-hmm. But right now, there are no conferences to address men being better men. Yep. Or growing up to be, you know responsible individuals Mm -hmm. it's like you don't want them to fall into the gang mentality you don't want them to fall into the streets but what alternatives are really being provided you have a few groups that pushes themselves to the edge of all all the finances that they could come across to you know be able to do what they can in the the small neighborhoods that they can't operate in Mm -hmm. but there's nothing on a national level that's really pushing like that Except the Boys and Girls Club. And then you look at Boys and Girls Club be hurting a lot. Yeah. Be hurting. And there's been a couple instances of behavior like this happening in the Boy Scouts of America. So it's like the places that you're supposed to send your child to, you know, grow to be a better man. Mm-hmm. The same the same mentality is happening. The mm-hmm. same things are happening. Putting these boys in this position. In turn, these boys are growing up not believing that it's okay, but they're still engaging in the behavior. They are. They're learning how to cover their tracks. They are. They are. And it's like, it's enough of sleeping it, like, sweeping it under a rug. It's enough of, like, giving out hush money. Because you know how much money they spend on, like, you know, rape victims or giving out hush money to, you know, make it not so, like, publicized mm. for churches or schools. Yes. No. I have the number here. They have $127 billion. And that's the highest cost right now. Other than, like, any other crime. Like, assault is right behind it. Murder is right behind it. The drinking and driving is in the last. But this is not just the hush money. This is, like, what the country, uh, what people in general spend on this type of crime. Yeah. And it's like, why is this the highest grossing crime? Why is your body not your own? Right. Why do you have to worry about some somebody roaming up and victimizing you because you want to live your best life? Exactly. And I understand, like, you know, 
some people say, you know, what was she wearing or, you know, how could she have, you know, tried to get this attention herself? And then they're also trying to give a new meaning to consent now. You know, I've read about it a little bit and I didn't want to go too in depth with it because it was pissing me there's, off. There's no, no new meaning to consent. Yeah. Did she say yes? Yeah, it's either yes or no. If she say no. <laughs> did she agree? Did, right. If she didn't agree, it doesn't matter if she had, it doesn't matter if she came out with dental floss on. If she did not agree to have your hands on her, your hands don't belong on her. Mm-hmm. It doesn't belong on her. But it's like also, where are we safe? Because even Rick can tell you. I can't walk to work by myself. I can't walk to my no, car yeah, by myself. Control. Like, it's, it's out, out of control. control. Actually, like, at one point, I start coming back to work to walk into your car. Because it's out of control. And even then, people be like, hey, blood, I see you. Bro, you are with your girl. Talk to you and your girl. Let her walk in peace, bro. Let's stop seeing her. Right. But it's like, it's a, it gets a lot worse. Right. It gets a lot worse. And I it's can like, imagine because that's what? when I was there. Right. And it's like, where can women, where can we go? Where can we be safe? Who can we talk to? You know, what's a safe place for us? If we can't go to church and be safe, if we can't go to school and be safe, if we can't go to work and be safe. And I'm not saying all places are safe, but if we got to go somewhere and wonder, am I, am I going to be safe here? Do I got to look over my shoulder? Right. You know, I don't want to have to think like that. Like, I get paranoid sometimes. If I think I got to walk to my car by myself, I get paranoid. And I know how I feel. I've been followed by my job by people, a couple men, a couple times. And it wasn't because of what I was wearing or anything like that. No. no. So it's like, for innocent people that's not trying to attract this stuff, and even if you are trying to attract attention, you don't deserve rape. Like, where, where are we safe? Attention and rape is two different things. It's like, definitely two different things. Attention is, hey, look at me. Not touch me. Right. Like, rape is solely something totally different. It because is. you invite attention doesn't mean you invite rape. And the people who, like, try to stand on the side of that, well, you know, the victims invited it. No. There's no one invite. If someone shot you, you didn't invite them to shoot you. Right. That's true. So it's like you don't invite people to victimize you. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what you do to entice them, there's all, that means you're available to have a conversation then. Right. It sounds like you might be available to have a conversation. Let's attempt that. Let's use your words. Mm-hmm. And then if, hey, you say this is not what you're looking for, this is not what you're interested in, well, then have a nice day. Right. There's nothing else to be said. And you know what they said? 15 out of 16 rapists will walk free. This is very true. That's just, but I believe the penalties for rape is entirely too low. It is. Like, you can you can kill somebody. You can get second-degree second degree murder, meaning you really wasn't you wasn't trying to do it, or manslaughter, mm-hmm. and spend more time in jail than you do for intentionally walking up, grabbing somebody, and raping them. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like that should, be, that should carry the same weight as murder. Because the person who was there before you touch them is gone. Right. They're not going to trust the same. Mm-hmm. They're not going to look at the world the same. They're not going to believe in people the same. Like, all of that is gone. Mm-hmm. So, you essentially just killed that person. Mm-hmm. So, either you should go to jail forever mm-hmm. or pay restitution forever. Right. Like, you should pay for their medical bills and you should pay for their therapy treatments and, like, just being branded as a sex offender. I don't feel like that's enough if right. you're a rapist because, like, it's not like... Because you're you, you're branded as a sex offender if you go out and you get caught peeing behind a garbage can. Right. But as a rapist, 
it wasn't because you had to relieve yourself. It's you went over, you grabbed someone, and you violated them. Sure. So, I mean, you should be held to a whole different level of uh, law enforcement. That is true. And I also feel like this could be a part of the reason why they're saying that a lot uh, of people these days are not into, like, Christianity or, you know, into religion anymore. Right. And I think that this could partly, not play a full role, but partly play a role and how people believe because if you're doing the same thing that I'm doing like you, you know if you're right. trying to live your best life and trying to preach to people and then also you sexually assaulting people like no no like some people just don't feel like they should have to go somewhere if somebody else is not living right you know or not doing right absolutely if you are one of the biggest violators of what's supposed to be what you're preaching to me if you're preaching something to me all the time and then you're the biggest violator of it why would i continue to come and listen to a hypocrite talk right that's true and it's not to bash the church no. it's not to bash not colleges it's not to bash workplace it's just to have a conversation about it because we do not have conversations about it and it's people that need to need these conversations it's people that have been touched by past i have a story here and i'm gonna just glance through it so it's this lady carolyn right mm-hmm she um, she was having a crisis of faith, they said. Mm-hmm. So her husband suggested that she go to get some counseling from her pastor. And after a few sessions, the pastor had revealed that he was sexually attracted to Carolyn. Why? Not It doesn't even tell why. But right, it says right. because of her respect for his authority, she continued to have the sessions, and apparently they were getting helpful. Meanwhile, the pastor was continuing to advance himself. He called Carolyn his spiritual lover and eventually kissed her in her mouth without warning her and then tried to manipulate her into leaving her husband finally she came out and said that he raped her and he told her that i knew that you wanted that and to keep her mouth shut and keep it a secret because it would it would ruin the church well the church is already ruined at that point um if the head of if if uh, if you're being led by a criminal mm-hmm. then your organization is a criminal organization if everybody's walking around hiding it and putting it away, mm-hmm. you're aiding this. Right. So that means you're a criminal organization now. Right. Because you don't want to ruin a reputation. Well, mm-hmm. it's not ruining the reputation. It's getting it out there in the light, mm-hmm. getting rid of the the bad seed, and, you know, being able to progress your organization in a positive direction. Right. I, I feel like this is something that needs to be addressed because this is affecting good pastors it's it's actually right. good pastors out there that's doing their things that's building a church and don't have these problems but right. it's making people look at the entire church the same way looking at you know? most faith-based, faith-based organizations yeah and say this is what's happening so why go to any of them right people when i when i say the word catholic what is the first thing that come to your mind so you think about boy rapists yeah so it's like nobody should really have to think about that or you know, base everything off of that one thing. So I want to tell if you're listening to this and you're a victim of it, you know, and you haven't said anything to no one, you know, be stronger than the person that, you know, tried to attack you, tried to take away something so innocent from you, you know? They try to take your power. Like talking about it is what helps you get your power back. Yep. And takes their power away. Yep. No matter how strong a person is, or no matter the level the person is in their life, if they're your manager, your supervisor, if they're your 
professor your daddy yeah anybody your uncle if they told you to keep your mouth shut because something will happen to you you know they had they're having power over you don't never let someone have that type of power over you you know don't be someone's victim i tell people this all the time if i'm gonna play a role i'm not gonna play the victim role right okay don't, don't be a victim twice. Yeah. Because they already did what they did to you. Yeah. And the more and more time that you hold it in and you continue to protect them, you're becoming their victim over and over and over again. It is. And if you don't have anybody to talk to, if you don't trust anybody, there's a national sexual assault hotline where you can talk to them. They don't even, um, you know, they'll ask you if you want to report it. You don't even have to report it. But sometimes it's just good to get it off your chest. Right. You know, keeping stuff in, it can hurt you uh, mentally, but physically, it started to, to wear on you, you know? Absolutely. It started to really wear on you. You will see, like, sometimes maybe it'll affect your eating. You can eat more, you'll probably eat less, either one, but don't let somebody affect you. So if you need this number, the number is 1-800-656-4673. And we will post that on the website. We will. So don't let nobody scare you into because I, I heard it a lot. Like I would hear people say, you know, my parents actually trained me on this. My dad used to tell me, I don't care what nobody, I don't care if somebody said they'd kill me if you say something. If somebody touch you or somebody do something to you, you tell me. That's what my parents used to tell me. I don't care if they say they're going to kill me. Let them try to kill me. They used to tell me that, like, I killed them before they kill me. so you gotta think about that like don't let nobody stop you or scare you and then also if you think somebody around you has been assaulted in any kind of way you know look at the vibes that they're giving you you know try to talk to them don't beat it out of them you don't have to force you know so 